coming up in this episode of Can You Believe It? Do you know what this is? Yes, I do. You do know what this is? Yeah. I, I knew you'd know what this is. Um, <laughs> there, there surely is better sort of taunting Piffa than Yoni and this filthy sunker. Yeah. <laughs> Take your flunky and dangle. <laughs> We don't know that hippos yeah. don't eat foxes because hippos have never lived alongside foxes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is why I'm here to like to draw a line in the Breaking sand. Breaking down barriers. UFOs <laughs> in the skies, Illuminati's controlling your life. Can you believe it? Rub circles and Jesus toast. The time that kiss your fuck to go. Hello and welcome to Can You Believe It, a semi-regular podcast on the unexplained that asks the all-important question, can you believe it? My name is Matt Neal and I'm joined as per usual by human wind turbine and eighth colour of the rainbow, the Colonel. Thanks for joining us, Colonel. Hey, uh, it's been a while. It has been a while. I'm also joined by the frequently aquatic and the occasionally pre-apic Brady Jones. Welcome, Brady. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Does anyone want to know what pre-apic means? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't was, know what I mine was, means. Yeah, <laughs> it means that sometimes you have an erection. Oh, good. And what about aquatic? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have an, an erection in water. Yeah. That was a p- great start. Now, before we dive into today's tale of uncanny unexpectedness, let's hear a message from our sponsor, Colonel. Well, yeah, you'd think sponsors would have been pretty hard to come by with, uh, you know, the all the action in the world at the moment. But we have a great sponsor this week. Uh let me just uh, read or pull it up here. Uh, okay. Are your Instagram friends constantly bragging about their crypto investments? Tired of everybody else getting a slice of that succulent coin pie? Well, now there's an app that lets you invest without any risk. Computer coin. You give us the money and then we put it in the computer. Simply download the app onto your favorite device, send through your regular disgusting analog money, and we'll make way for digital cash money bliss. Our highly trained computer technicians uh, scour the web for the tastiest deals on whatever the fuck cryptocurrency is, and then we gobble it up and palm you a fat slice. Need more money? Computer coin. Don't know what a disk drive is for? Computer coin. What should you do if you get attacked by a bear? Well, you tuck into a ball and then you computer coin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Fine people. <coughs> Thank you, computer coin. Oh, God. Uh, it's, it is good to be back. Uh, I did feel like the podcast was cursed because every time we arranged to try or tentatively arranged to catch up to record, a lockdown happened. So <laughs> Yeah, it's probably because Dan Andrews is, is you know, listening in and, and oh, perhaps isn't a fan. Maybe he I, likes I he's ghosts or it. believes in ghosts. I, and Probably. I think he's really pro-UFO and doesn't like our anti-UFO undertones. Yeah. Maybe we've just angered pangolins somewhere along the that that could be a thing pangolin spirits (laughs) pangolin wrath anyway stop eating them like why are they so delicious (laughs) i am now going to read a story of uh unexplained paranormal such things and we're gonna ask the question can you believe it the story starts now 
The Irving family lived on the Isle of Man in a remote farmhouse known as Dwalish Cashin near the tiny village of Delby in 1931. The family consisted of Father James, Mother Margaret, and a 13-year-old daughter named Vori. James, or Jim as some knew him, was 60 years old and had retired from his job as a travelling salesman and taken up farming. The farm did not do well, and life at Dwalish Cashin was isolated and spartan. The house was a small two-storey, two-bedroom affair, sitting on, quote, a bare hillside, a steep climb of two miles from the nearest village or road. Jesus. There was no electricity and no telephone. Mm. This is 1931. A, a steep climb of two miles. Yeah. You know what you do? You quit your job and you buy a farm in the middle of just bumfuck nowhere. Side. On yeah. the side of a hill, we have to walk two miles just to get anything. Two miles directly up. Yes. <laughs> in both ways. Vertical. Yeah. <laughs> In the, in the autumn of 1931, the Irvings saw an unusual animal at, in their farmyard, describing it as a yellowish weasel. Soon after, the Irvings began to hear noises in the wall cavities, scratching, rustling, blowing, spitting and growling. Jim thought it was a rat and tried to drive it out to no avail. Oh, that's probably just a rat mm. like that. Yeah, that's you, probably just a rat. Do you know what this is? Yes, I do. You do know what this is? Yeah. I, I knew you'd know what this is. Um, <laughs> well, I just have a very broad knowledge of absolute rubbish. Yeah, yeah, I so think they call it cryptozoology, don't yeah, they? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, correct. You can't get a degree in it because it doesn't exist. <laughs> Over the next couple of days, the noises continued. Jim put, put down poison and set traps, but he couldn't catch the rat, which he'd still never seen. Growing desperate, he tried to scare the rat and drive it out by growling like a dog. To Jim's surprise, yeah, get it. the rat growled back. Hey. Okay. It- so, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, it's like a golden weasel kind of thing. Are we just talking about like an albino, like normal animal or- Possibly. Hmm. Well, let's delve on and we shall find Can out. Can I just <clears throat> guess animals? Yes, go on. What, what animal do you think this is? A cat. <laughs> okay. A guess. It's yeah. not far off, really. Okay. Yeah. That's my one guess for now. Thank Do you want to have you. another one? No. I'm Do you want to have a backup? That's all I know, okay. actually. It, it turned out the rat had quite the knack for mimicry. Jim started making different animal noises to it, and the rat would echo them back. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> but things quickly evolved into something even more bizarre. Jim only had to say the name of an animal, and the rat would start to impersonate the animal. What? Hang on. <laughs> this this animal uh, understands English. It appears so. And is quite the impersonator of, of animals. Mm. Okay. Yeah, all right. Keep going. Then the, rats, <laughs> then the rats started making gurgling noises, reportedly sounding similar to a baby when it's learning to talk. <laughs> Then <laughs> I, don't remember, I, don't, I don't remember my child making gurgling noises. Yeah, like, you know, like when, when when your child is like a demon baby from Rosemary Baby oh, and just lying there going. I think they only make that like that sound as you're regurgitating the fish into their mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's, um, that's yeah, how because like, that's how you feed yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a stressful time. I can understand I why you don't remember it, and why your babies are going. <laughs> Fish weird. Yeah. Yeah. The creature spoke in a high-pitched disembodied voice. 
<laughs> Which kind of makes me think, do you know um, Rob Brydon's uh, Small Man in a Box? No. No? Okay. No. All right. Good. <laughs> well, that was a- Just tell us about the whole thing it's during basically, the podcast. He just does this thing where he talks- I'm a very small man in a box. And he talks like that for the whole thing. Like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you just like appropriated that guy's the whole bit. That's amazingly. his whole, yeah, that's yeah. his bit. Yeah, that's basically the small man in a box. That's what it is. Wow. But I kind of and think with this, this high-pitched disembodied voice, and I think of Rob Brydon's small man in a box. That's brilliant. Like, so I that's, may- a, that's an entire career. Like that, yeah. just that. No, we, he has other talents. He's an actor. I don't care what his other talents to. are. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what his other talents are. I don't need to know. That's amazing. Just take it on the road forever. Yeah. But he, he can... He, anyway, he's an actor. No, Doc he's can in, do it now. He's in yeah. films. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, forever. But I may be tempted to do the voice of that for this thing. Anyway, the creature spoke in a high-pitched disembodied voice. Vori started getting the rat to repeat nursery rhymes and soon it was able to hold a conversation. What? Then it introduced itself. Mm. At first it proclaimed- <laughs> Don't do it in the I am the ghost, I'm a weasel. <laughs> <laughs> I am the ghost- It sounds like an un- like unreleased uh, Wheatus song. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I even get all that out. I am the ghost of a weasel. <laughs> I am the ghost of a weasel. And I will haunt you with weird noises and clanking chains. <laughs> no, I can't do that for the whole podcast. That's just fucking annoying. Oh, my God. It said, I am the ghost of a weasel and I will haunt you with weird noises and clanking change. chains. Eventually, it said its name was Jeff. Spelt with a G and only one F. I guess that's one of those things that like- Ghost yeah. skeptics uh, <laughs> yeah. such as myself uh, often bring up, which is, you know, if ghosts are real, then why aren't there ghosts of like, you know, rabbits and kangaroos and koalas and everything all out there? And why aren't we seeing them all the time? Here, here's the gotcha moment. <laughs> Maybe we're just not as people aren't attuned to see those and only the animals of those can see the animals of the ghosts of their own species. Why are you bing, guys- bing, 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 bing. That's the cop out. Yep, that's the perfect cop out. Isn't that what this is all about? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, that, that, that's like the answer that you know yeah. like people get. It's the like, God moves well, in mysterious ways attuned. explanation. You got to attune yourself to seeing koala spirits. <laughs> mm. Okay, how do you do that? Um, well, it's like an EA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just wait a minute. Okay, yeah, sorry. Just hold, hold up, hold up, because. We've got a, the ghost of a weasel that this guy has, like, fucking taken into his house. Well, well I mean, it kind of crawled just- crawled in. It's crawled in and he let it live there. And he's teaching it, like, nursery rhymes. But- and the first thing that it says to him is that it's going to haunt him with clanking- Weird noises and clanking chains. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, you're a- you're a prick, Gaff. You're-, <laughs> <laughs> you're a dick. Yeah. So it said his name was Jeff, with a G, Jeff. and that it was, Jeff. and it was a mongoose born in New Delhi, India, in 1852. I'm quote just a little extra, extra clever mongoose. He said, <laughs> "What? <laughs> He's a fucking Pokemon. Catch him! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, 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 come here, you little yeah. chain now- attack." Now this, is- 
Now, this didn't seem like such a stretch. The Irvings were unsure how long mongooses lived for, but they were aware that a nearby farmer named Erie Cushlin had imported mongooses to the Isle of Man in 1912 to get rid of rabbits. So, you know, seems legit. There's- yeah, well, whenever you've got rabbits everywhere, just get mongooses. That's the logical- That's why they introduced yeah. foxes in Australia, wasn't it? Yeah, that works Just out introducing well. <laughs> more and more animals yeah. to deal with, like, the now- yeah, sort of. We should have introduced threat. like hippos to deal with the fox problem. I don't know why we didn't do that. That's a well, good point. Yeah, it's a good point, other than like the natural predator thing well, of yeah. the fox. Yeah. Like, what you're saying, um, hippos aren't the natural predator of foxes. I don't know. Well, you, <laughs> see, they've never they've never lived together, so you don't know. It's like a sitcom. That's actually hippos I, and fox. Yeah, that's actually kind of groundbreaking. It's a good like, point. We don't know that hippos yeah. don't eat foxes because hippos have never lived alongside foxes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is why I'm here to like to draw a line in the Breaking sand. Breaking down barriers. <laughs> <laughs> to draw a line in the sand. Wow. Yeah. Between okay. animal enclosures to see how they if they eat mingle. each other. Yeah. <laughs> Jim and Margaret soon caught glimpses of Jeff, while Vori soon saw him clearly. She described him as, quote, the size of a small rat with yellowish fur, a flat snout like a hedgehog, and a long bushy tail. Jim claimed Jeff was, quote, a little animal resembling a stoat, a ferret, or a weasel, yellow in colour with a body about nine inches long. Its long bushy tail is speckled with black. I know we've already mentioned the Pokemon thing, but mm. is this like in any way some weird inspiration for like the the main the Pikachu, like the main dude, the yellow oh, yeah, fucking like mouse and tail with a bit of black on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that mm. is the yes. That's the whole point. That you've just spoiled the ending. Later, oh, it's, it's a fucking electric. It's a Pokemon. The whole family to death. <sighs> Sometimes I'm just too <laughs> smart for my own good. And <laughs> hidden in the worlds was Pikachu. Yeah. Yep. Sadly, what, what a what, crossover! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what what I think's going on is that uh, this guy's got some kind of mental illness, and he's just like hearing voices or something in his head. Look, I mean, that was kind of the first thing that sort of <laughs> ha- happened in my head was just like a booming voice, mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> this is so. This is this is a whole family of all three of them are apparently hearing it. Okay, right. Really? Because so it, it, it sounds it be, like it's just It could the be dad. the bread. Well, they've all seen it and they've all heard it at this point. And Jeff became part of the family like a pet cat. He slept in a, quote, a boxed partition in Vori's room, which was called Jeff's Sanctum. By day, Jeff would head down to a nearby road, hitch a ride on the axle of a car or bus and roam around the island. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, he doesn't have money, does he? He'd just, like, <laughs> grip onto the side of, a, like, a hubcap. No, he's sitting on the axle. He's, like, got in underneath. Oh, he and he's, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Like, like a spy movie and yeah. holding on because mongooses naturally do that in mm. their environment. Mm. God. Well, at night, he would return to the farmhouse at Dwalish Cashin and share the gossip and news he had heard. <laughs> oh, you know, fucking Karen carrying on like she was. <laughs> Didn't wear a mask at the shops. <laughs> Wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> You can believe that? (laughs) Sometimes he would read from the newspaper. Often he would catch rabbits, strangle them to death, and bring them home for Margaret to cook. (laughs) Strangle them to death. Right, right. you rabbits, come on. Come on home with me. We're going to go cook you up a meal. Yeah. He just, like, takes them home and strangles them. (laughs) With his hands, too. (laughs) Not, like, like normal. (laughs) Yeah, because don't mongoose, like, kill snakes? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like yeah, that's like cobras. the whole like the cobra thing. Yeah. yeah. So they but they they don't strangle snakes. So what? No, they just beat the the fuck out. Of yeah. Them. No, don't they like claw them and then like bite them on their neck or something? Yeah, yeah but, I mean, but, I'm like, sure push them down and then- Either like, way, what yeah, I'm saying is like the a- same <laughs> technique they would use on a snake, they would use on a rabbit. They wouldn't strangle a rabbit. They don't just go, well, here's my rabbit move. And Common just like- misconception. <laughs> Long body, coil around the yeah. snake. Are you <laughs> seeing how they fight a hippo? <laughs> I believe that those weasels were actually trained in BJJ and were able to put them into, you know, sleeper holds from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, I thought we were talking about blowjobs jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Where your job is a blowjob, yeah, <laughs> blowjob jobs. That's that's the website you go to. to get I, I always He's, wondered no, wait, why UFC was so popular. No, you know? that's like- Steve's brother. <laughs> the family would leave bits of food on the crossbeams of the roof near his sanctum, and he would sneak out and eat them when nobody is around. His favourite foods were biscuits, lollies, bacon, sausages, and chocolate. Just whatever you got. Basically, yes. <laughs> whatever you got, I'll eat it. Because I'm a fucking mongoose. Or, or just favourite foods of people, you know. Yeah. Jeff also loved to sing along to the gramophone or to bounce a rubber ball in time with the music. Mm-hmm. He, it would read the newspaper aloud. And when he grew tired of talking, he would simply yell, Vanished! And disappear. But he also had a horrible temper. I like to try that at parties. Just because <laughs> you've had enough of the party, just go vanished and just walk out. <clears throat> okay, so at this point now that all this, it kind of seems pretty fantastical. Like, what, really? What, <laughs> what is the reception from people that aren't living on this homestead in the middle of nowhere talking to mongooses? <laughs> that is a very, very good question, and we will come to that okay. post haste. Um. One day, when James sat down to read the paper, Jeff yelled, Read it out, you fat-headed gnome! <laughs> On another occasion, he threw rocks at Mary as she was walking home, calling Take her- that, a, slag. Calling her a witch woman. <laughs> <laughs> he says, it hasn't really got good banter, does he? <laughs> it's pretty good 1930s banter, is it? Oh, yeah. There's so much better <laughs> stuff happening in the 30s. Can you I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there, there surely is better sort of taunting. Piffa, than you're at this filthy sunker. Yeah, <laughs> take your flunky and dangle. Is that yeah. is that the thirties? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's good. Yeah, you got to think of some like <laughs> some hard boiled noir kind of put downs. Yeah, like, it's yeah. from a movie. It's like Miller's Crossing, or something like. That. Okay. It's really good. Yep. Uh, at first, Vori was scared of Jeff and asked to sleep with her parents to get away from Jeff's scratching in the darkness. I'll follow her wherever you put her, screeched Jeff. <laughs> this is, uh, is Jeff this is like some kind of uncle that's living under the floorboards or something. Yeah. <laughs> they even tried barricading the door with chairs and boxes to keep Jeff out. There were tremendous thumps against the door. I'm coming in, he squealed, but the door held. On another night, Jeff sat outside the bedroom, groaning loudly for half an hour without stopping. I, is- I did it for the devilment, he laughed. This would make the best Disney movie. This <laughs> <laughs> angry cunt little fucking mongoose, like living in the house, <laughs> like trying to haunt this family. <laughs> I don't know if this is worse than Amateurville, like the stuff from that, but this is it's up there. Yeah. How much of a prick must this thing be, though? Like, Jeff is a total prick. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in terms of like you have a pet and, you, you know, you just sort of love it unconditionally. But this guy is just all about 
fucking pushing the envelope of like jerkishness. Yeah, normally like, like with with those folklores, there's some kind of benefit or or, yeah, or yeah. thing that they're bringing yep. to the family, like leprechauns. You know, there's a chance yeah. you're going to get the gold. There's I was teaching you to always boil potatoes. And <laughs> 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 kind of like if you, if Bob, your dog here, just started like back mouthing you and go, "Hey, you fat headed lunk!" You yeah, know, yeah. Like, just out of nowhere. Give me your bacon, <laughs> you fat headed lunk. <laughs> Please, Bob, I love you. Don't <laughs> I feed you daily? <laughs> Shut your mouth, I'm hitching a right into town. See what Karen's doing. I'm getting on the axle. Oh, my precious Bob. <laughs> my by little the, man. By, by the following year, Jeff seemed to have become part of the family despite his occasional animosity. His presence had also come to the attention of the island's newspapers, as well as some back on the mainland. A journalist from the Manchester Daily Dispatch visited in January 1932. And Jim told him about the animal, but stressed there was nothing supernatural about the creature. Mm. So, here we have <coughs> third parties coming in yeah. to uh, have a look. Yeah. Yep. And look, there's nothing sus. Nothing sus. <laughs> it's not that weird. This was a common theme in early articles about Jeff, if, that he was a real flesh and blood mongoose that just happened to be able to speak. But as time went on, the Irvings changed their minds about Je- what Jeff really was. Interest in Jeff continued to grow and more articles were written about the so-called, quote, spook of Dalby. Mm. <laughs> newspapers what, now, are the worst. Why would you call no, it? Old can, timey just newspapers say, are just the worst people in the world. When you can just say talking mongoose, why would you call it the spook of Dalby? Because when you've you got like something- papers and, and beat it up and turn it into something that's how not- is, yeah, how It's is, like the first clickbait. Yeah, but how yeah. is it is, talking yeah. mongoose not clickbait? Like, how is that not good enough that you have to call no, it- No, because you've got to have a certain uh, like level of believability. Otherwise, it's hogwash or yeah. poppycock. Right. So Tomfoolery. Spook of Delby. As, as, a journalist, Ooh, spook. as a journalist, you know that you don't give it away in the headline. Yeah. And like, like 1931. You'll never believe yeah. what like this like, mammal does. There's a strange <laughs> creature. You say spook in a sentence and people would go, ooh, spooks. Yes, I know yeah, about yeah. them. They're a real thing. Delby, you say. <laughs> Poppycock, is it? There's a strange creature living in the Irving's house. You won't believe what it is. I'm already in. What is the, it? Uh... It's a hippo. It's a hippo, I believe it was. Most of the articles struck a derisive tone, although some hinted at a paranormal edge. The Irvings eventually began to claim Jeff was more than just a talking mongoose. He had apparently told them he was, quote, an earthbound spirit and, quote, a ghost in the form of a mongoose. And once said... I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone or a pillar of salt. Okay, this is actually just a Disney movie. Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. like, this is a kid's movie now. Like, How is this, has this not been, like, tapped into by some mega, like, that, corporation like Disney or That spiel was fucking excellent. That was like worthy that, of Muhammad yeah, Ali. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Petrified. Yeah. You've been petrified. You've been mummified. <laughs> In early 1932, Jim Irving wrote to famed paranormal investigator Harry Price, inviting him to visit and check out Jeff for himself. Price had made a name for himself debunking mediums, hauntings and spirit photographers in a time when spiritualism was hugely popular and widely believed. Wow. And we might might do more on Harry Price in the future. He's got some, um, there's some pretty cool shit that he was involved in. Like studying first, and debunking. Yeah. The first, can you believe it? Yeah, he was the OG. <laughs> the OG, can you believe it? 
makes it like you make it sound like we actually do something. We <laughs> are doing something. <laughs> We're we out there like scouring the streets and investigating. You know, it's definitely something. Crossing our streams and attacking like marshmallow men. Yeah. Computer coin. (laughs) (laughs) Price was intrigued by Irving's invitation, but unable to attend. He was too busy working on other projects, including the imminent testing of a black magic ritual in Germany known as the Blocksburg Trist that proclaimed to be able to turn a goat into a young man. Yeah, well, that's what you want. When you've got a goat, you know, the logical thing to do is to turn it into a young man so it's useful. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just from like a, a value like thing yeah goat 20 bucks i have one a, goat a, a man now i have one like, man what's that like 25 bucks <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. i was from experience it's easier to sell a goat than a young man yeah because you've got a kid well, and then you've got a man so they're 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 better they, you know the man's better obviously yeah well the man could sell, sell many goats so the little goat <laughs> one goat little, you can exchange for many goats <laughs> This is this is about computer coin all over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, we're, to- okay. we're, we're literally talking about a, a, a talking mongoose right now, so you know nothing seems too zany or weird. Mm. This I, I don't. This might be the weirdest one we've done, but I I don't know. Yeah, just like <laughs> like depends the on your viewpoint. Of presenting but- this as a like a, a story for somebody to actually believe, like and that. Newspapers would cover it. In- well, yeah, well, people people believed so it, and newspapers crazy. were covering it. Yeah. yeah, like it's insane. Is people this- were so fucking. Dumb. I know the world was so <laughs> different. It's Hang just- on, is this any weirder than the Argentinian gnome attacks that we did in the first season? That was. Yeah, and that but was- I didn't believe that either. That was recent though. Yeah, but I didn't believe yeah. that. Okay. You don't yeah, believe there's a talking you, mongoose? You still yeah. got the really? wheelies when, when you looked at that video of the gnome running across the yeah. screen. Oh, that was just fucking <clears throat> like, I mean, it's the same as like if I was to show you like Saw or Twilight, you know, you just kind of get that like. <laughs> Please don't show me Twilight. Exactly. See? Fair <laughs> <laughs> point. Okay, so Price was unable to attend, so he sent his friend, Captain James Dennis, to Dowlish Cashin instead. Dennis went under the pseudonym of Captain James McDonald in all accounts of his investigation for unknown reasons. So, mm. I'm going to refer to him as Captain Dennis, but if you ever go to research this, he pops up as Captain McDonald. Right, okay. Fuck knows what. Captain Dennis arrived at the farmhouse on February 26, 1932. Hello! <laughs> in his... <laughs> In his letter back to Price, he said nothing happened for the whole first day. But as he went to leave around midnight, Captain Dennis heard a voice scream, Who is that bloody man? Mm. Irving gripped my arm. That's the animal, he said. Jeff continued, I have been looking at the man and I don't like him. He does not believe in me. He is a doubter. (laughs) Oh, God. This is a, yeah okay. I'm, send, uh, I'm sending this to like Warner Brothers or Disney. After yeah, this. like, like the, the 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 logical thing to do is the, like to attack the person who is coming there to like you know pish posh your your ghostly scam. That classic you're classic pish talking posh. mongoose move. Yeah, <laughs> I will give you the pish posh, sir. <laughs> pish posh attack. I do bite <laughs> mongoose. Mongoose pish posh attack. I do bite my thumb at thee. Gif, gif, gif. Um, Captain Dennis returned the next day, and as he drank his tea with the Irvings, a large needle ricocheted off the teapot. Jim casually explained that Jeff was, quote, always throwing things at us. 
Just a needle. Fill it up with morphine, you cunt. (laughs) Needle attack. (laughs) Jeff proceeded to scream and cry out, banging on the wall and knocking over a chair in Vori's room. Later that night, Captain Captain Dennis implored Jeff, won't you come down? I believe in you. I don't like you, screamed Jeff. When Captain Dennis tried to sneak up the stairs to catch a glimpse, he tripped and fell badly. (laughs) Chain attack. He's he's coming, the dirty old sleech, screeched Jeff. (laughs) He's coming, the dirty old sleech. Sleech, that's a word. That's a put down that doesn't get used often enough. Yeah, what is that? Like a cross between a sheep and a leech? I'm just going to file that one away. All of a sudden, this episode now has value. (laughs) Oh, God, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners think otherwise, but good. Put this at the start. Just skip ahead. There's a good word. Yeah, I will chop up for the start of it the bit where it says dirty old sleech just to suck people in. I'm going to do that now. This this bit becomes postmodern. Um... (laughs) Mary Irving implored Jeff to come out and talk to Captain Dennis, but to no avail. He's damn well not going to get n- to know my inferior complex, sooked Jeff. He's got, he's got issues as Mongoose well. Mongoose has got issues. <laughs> I, I didn't want to really just drop it in there, but I'm just going to catch it. Look, I, I need a little bit of help. I, you know, I've got an inferiority complex. No one's asked me if I'm okay today. <laughs> just putting it out there, you know. <laughs> Three years later, Captain Dennis returned. Oh, this is like in a flash forward in the the movie. Yep. Again, he did not see Jeff, but he heard the mongoose speaking and was furnished with a sample of Jeff's hair, which Jeff left for Captain Dennis in a bowl on the mantelpiece. I've been working on me hair. (laughs) I left you a bowl. (laughs) I pulled it from me eyebrow and by God, did it hurt, announced Jeff. (laughs) What the, oh my God. He also has a hundred ac- different accents every time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I kind of did it, the Isle of Man is like in the in the sea between like the English, British mainland and Ireland, and I don't know in what accent yeah. you yeah, have so, there. Yeah, yeah, so it's just everything. Like it's all of them. Of just a, a mash of but, yeah, horrible like, noise. <laughs> he's like, okay, so <laughs> this guy's coming here. I need to, be, you know, to bring up some kind of sample. So I'm going to say it's from his eyebrow hair. Yes. The eyebrow <laughs> hair of a mo- Sounds like the ingredient to a witch's spell. <laughs> <laughs> the eyebrow hair of a mongoose. The sample was analysed by naturalist F. Martin Duncan, who confidently, confidently declared they were most likely dog hairs. <laughs> Later, Captain Dennis was able to get hold of a sample of hair from the Irving's sheepdog, Mona. It was a perfect match. Uh, so this cheeky little mongoose isn't even giving up his own hair. Crafty fucker. <laughs> I shaved your dog. <laughs> just, his shaved dog wanders through. Oh. That's, old, that's old Jeff. Jeff's oh, having a laugh. Fuck him, I hate him. I really hope that Throws scene. things at us, shaves the dog. <laughs> I really hope that makes the Pixar movie. That, yeah. That scene. <laughs> Jim Irving spoke to Jeff about this, telling the mongoose the naturalist thought the hairs came from the dog. He should not think he should know, snorted Jeff. He damn well does not know what I am. We're now Cockney from somewhere yeah, yeah, in yeah, London. Yeah, 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 the no, fuck no, is going he's on just, here? He's very just fluid. A trip. What a yeah. time. It's now Jason Statham, all right? <laughs> he's the transporter. <laughs> yeah. He damn well does not know what oh, I am. you got a car. <laughs> <laughs> I need to grab onto that little what? bit underneath and- I'm a talking mongoose. Hit you right into fucking town. Despite <laughs> all this- 
Despite all this, Harry Price was still intrigued enough to finally make his way to the Isle of Man to encounter Jeff for himself. Jeff was none too pleased. He's the man who puts the koibosh on the spirits, exclaimed Jeff. <laughs> Price and a reporter from the BBC named Richard Lambert arrived at Cashin's Gap on July 30, 1935. Catch him in a pokeball. <laughs> they, <laughs> they visited the Irvings over two nights and Jeff was nowhere to be seen or heard. No scratchings, laughter, not a single word. Yeah, he's gone to like his Lalo house. Like well, in maybe. town, like his, his she mongoose. What, what do you call a female mongoose, Doc? Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> With a G. With a G. <laughs> Gany. Gany. <laughs> in, his, in his autobiography, Confessions of a Ghost Hunter... That's their name. That's, I thought that was the name of your uh, autobiography, oh, God, Colonel. no, please. In his autobiography, Confessions of a Ghost Hunter, Price wrote that the Irvings were, quote, kindness personified and heartbroken at Jeff's continued absence. But he, we could not determine whether in our role of investigators, we had taken part in a farce or a tragedy. As soon as Price and Lambert departed, Jeff returned, claiming to have been on a holiday. Oh, oh man. <laughs> just went over to Ibiza for a few yeah. nights. Clubbing. I've just been in Cancun. Yeah. <laughs> Got this real fit as bird. <laughs> the Irvings were disappointed in his non-appearance and Jeff agreed to make plaster casts of his paw prints to send to Price as a form of proof. Using what, me air wasn't enough! <laughs> <laughs> Using plasticine, Jeff provided three paw prints and a bite print, which were photographed and sent to Price, who in turn sent them to Reginald Pocock of the Natural History Museum for evaluation. <laughs> Reginald Pocock. This is the name. Send me your mongoose samples. Post haste. God, just imagine, <laughs> like, that stream of communication. They're like, oh, he's come back. He was on holiday. Yeah. Here's pictures of a cast that I've, that he's agreed to do. And Not a picture of him. That should put it all. That should completely put it all to bed. So thanks for your interest. Yeah. It's obviously true. Yeah. It's obviously, uh, we've obviously discovered a talking mongoose. Thank yeah. you very much. I believe. <laughs> At best, he said they were quote conceivably made by a dog, but could not match them exactly to any known animal. This poor dog. I know. Put on Shh. your mongoose tail. <laughs> Quote, there is no mammal in which there is such disparity in the size of fore and the hind foot. I do not believe these photographs represent foot tracks at all. Most certainly none of them were made, was made by a mongoose. Mm. This was not enough to deter further investigators. <laughs> that, that wasn't convincing. I don't know. Sometime after Price's visit, Hungarian-born psychoanalyst N Nandor Fodor <laughs> decided- That's the name of my next D&D character, actually. Nandor, Nandor Fodor. Fodor uh, decided to pay his own visit to the Irvings on the Isle of Man. Fodor specialised in the paranormal, in particular poltergeists. <laughs> he Fodor. Uh, yeah, I, just, I kind of imagine him having like this little- like a turban or something like that. Like, you know, he's he's kind of mystical, maybe like a crystal ball or something. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, um... Show me your spectral mongoose and I may <laughs> cleanse it. One does not merely invite Fodor. <laughs> 
He pioneered the theory that, quote, poltergeists are external manifestations of conflicts within the subconscious mind rather than autonomous entities with minds of their own. Well, he's not far from the truth, really, is he? He's kind of, he's picking around the bush there. Quote, the poltergeist is not a ghost. It is a bundle of projected repressions, he once said. So, he's the guy that came up with that idea that, you know, if you're, if there's some kind of mental imbalance going on in a house, then that's what's causing yeah. the poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like like I said, he's he's kind of right, but mm. but maybe on the wrong what, path. What are you What right are you desk. saying, Colonel? Well, you know, there are family living out in the middle of nowhere with probably a low education level, no uh, electricity, no, no telephone. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> and they're not quite up to scratch on you know what's generally accepted as like a you know like a, a real story. <laughs> Mm. What if, uh, what if so th- all this time the dog could speak, but like that wasn't like as fantastical <laughs> as this weasel? Let's just come walking in. Oh, we need to give it an actual story. That's the Disney movie. That's the Disney <laughs> That's movie. The, the main character is the dog, and yeah. the weasel is like the little prick, like yeah. who's like messing with him, and, and yep. yeah. No, it's the dog pranking the family to think it's a mongoose. Yeah. <clears throat> and all the time they're amazed they have a talking mongoose when in fact they have a talking dog <laughs> that they don't know. <laughs> oh, please. Did I guess it? Either or. <laughs> yes. Either or is good. Fodor spent a week at Cashin's Gap with the Irvings and he never saw or heard Jeff once. Instead, he used his time to interview and psychoanalyze the Irvings. He found them to be, quote, sincere, frank, and simple, and dismissed the notion that Jeff was a fraud perpetuated by the Irvings. He dismissed the idea that Jeff was a poltergeist, poltergeist and instead settled sight unseen on the conclusion that Jeff was indeed, quote, a little extra, extra clever mongoose. What? All the problems- <laughs> This is my, my oh, scientific this- opinion. Yeah. I had so much hope for this guy coming in being like, you know, the first thing I'm going to do is psychoanalyze the family. What was like, this guy's name again? Gold- Nan- Nandor Fodor. Nandor yeah, yeah. Fodor, that's right. Yeah. Fucking big thumbs up to that dude just like going- all right, that's the most logical thing we can do. Slight deviation. <laughs> now it must actually exist. Quote, all the probabilities are against it, but all the evidence is for it, oh, wrote Fodor. Quote, he showed himself as an animal. He had himself photographed as an animal. He has the abnormal hearing, eyesight and suspiciousness of an animal. Well, uh, so, hang on. So, he's he's photographed the animal. Indeed, there are photos of Jeff. They're of a poor quality, and Jeff could well be a stuffed animal. But Fodor was convinced. Yeah, you can Google, you can find images. There are photos taken purportedly of Jeff the talking mongoose. This is- the whole time now I'm just realising- that this animal may be the first troll because I am so fucking annoyed by this whole thing. <laughs> like, that's good long- That's 90 years after the fact. <laughs> Think about the journalist that had to travel troll. from Manchester yeah. to go and interview some 
like dumbass farmer in the middle of nowhere <laughs> about his talking mongoose. Oh, no, man. That's a dream job. Really? Yeah. You get sent out of the office. You get travel. You get probably put up somewhere. You get to go out and you come back with- It doesn't matter if the story's true. Yeah. Because yeah. the whole interest yep. in it is this family believes they have a talking mongoose yep. in their yeah. house. Oh, yeah. God. Dream job. If I could get sent to report this story, I'm so in. Oh, you should come, come and interview my talk, talking mongoose. Oh, yeah. Murray. <laughs> sweet. He's, okay. Yeah, he's a real sweet lad. I yeah. told you to stop trying to lure Doc to your fucking- <laughs> uh, Look at my mongoose. Pleasure cabin. Uh, yeah, it's in, it's in my shed out the back. <laughs> oh, in the shed? In yeah, just in that uh, drum oh, there. Okay. Yeah, you, just do I have to get the lid in, there. Do I have to get inside the just drum? Just pop into the acid there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did I say acid? Uh, Fodor was convinced, quote, Remarkable animals are known to have existed before Jeff. The Eberfield horses could extract cube roots and communicate thoughts by striking in code with their hooves. Dogs have been taught to read and spell. Birds can speak the human tongue. But never has there been an animal as remarkable as Jeff. Yeah, I mean, and the, the, therein lies the fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest trick that Jeff ever played. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was the finding Fodor published in an essay in 1938. So this guy's in an essay with a straight all, face about a talking mongoose. He's all in. Like, he's, he's just like, okay, I've discovered something special and I'm going to write my thesis on it. Well, this is a talking mongoose. What do you mean it's an F? <laughs> yeah. no, I don't understand. I did all the research. I, well, I, I think even worse than that, it wasn't a submit. It was like submitted to for publication <clears throat> in a, like a journal or a newspaper or something. Oh, or, or okay, just, right, right. Or people used to just publish essays back then. Yep. And so he's just staking everything on the fact. He's like, yeah. I, I want people to know. I think this about the talking I'm mongoose. All team Jeff, just like talking mongoose in and out, just yeah, all about it. Wow. By the time Fodor uh, published his book Haunted People: The Story of the Poltergeist Down the Centuries in 1952, he had decided that Jeff was in fact quote an animal who had somehow become physically possessed by a split-off part of Jim Irving's personality. Oh, God. <laughs> this is, like, all sight unseen, like, some... Oh, it's like every beautiful, beautiful me off, scam or, or conspiracy where oh. uh, you invent, a, you know, a, like, the, the explanation for what it is that is occurring gets more fantastical as you go along and... It's just yeah, but mm. I like the fact that he he feels like he's analysing it in a really scientific way, yeah. and he's so close. But he's just ignoring the fact he's never seen this creature, he's never heard this creature. The one piece of scientific evidence he's missing, he's just completely ignored that and just gone. Well, it's obvious that uh, it's a split off part of Jim Irving's personality. Look, so- it, it, he, I think he's just become in love and enamoured with the talking uh, mongoose and idea. the family. It, yeah, and the family, and he just he just wants to like tell a great story, uh, regardless of whether he believes it or not himself. I don't I'm, know whether I'm he just, actually does believe this. Uh, I am so disappointed for, about this this man, just because it's like walking into a room and like seeing all this like oh wow you know like computer with like crazy like um, graph screen like you know do do <laughs> and in the middle of the room is just a turd on a glass <laughs> dish <laughs> 
like, what the fuck? Like, he's just so caught up in, like, all yeah, this other shit. We need shit. to scan the turd. Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, wait. That's shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fodor described Jim as, quote, a man who failed in life and who was, quote, unable to reconcile himself to the cabined and confined life of a sheep and goat farmer in a God-forsaken spot where he was constantly struggling against physical starvation. I mm. uh, bet Jim fucking shed a tear when he heard that. Like, <laughs> when, when he heard that. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to read what <laughs> oh, Nando Fodor wrote about me. <laughs> Your life sucks. Oh. <laughs> You're a failure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a fucking pathetic. Yeah. Like, You're walking vomit. two mile uphill for jack shit. <laughs> for a talking mongoose. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to invent another animal now to cope with this pain. <laughs> While Fodor, Prince and Lambert never heard Jeff speak and many others did. A reporter from the Manchester Daily Dispatch claimed Jeff spoke with a voice that I should never have imagined could issue from a human throat, adding that the, quote, the weasel even gave me a tip for a winner in the Grand National Horse Race. <laughs> oh, get out. <laughs> that, that dude is having it on. I've yeah. been down he's, there to visit Jeff like, the Talking Mongoose and yeah. he's just giving me a tip for the Grand National. That's exactly what that is. That's... So <laughs> that feels like did that guy a, a go on to say what guy. the horse was and whether it won? Had he lost? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Curse that Fuck mongoose, you, Jeff. Yeah. yeah, he might be able to talk, but he can't back a pony. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That does feel like a thing that the reporter just added. Is like this story yeah. is bullshit enough that I'm just going to add in that he gave me a tip in the Grand National. Yeah, yeah. An unnamed government official who visited the house noted Jeff was, quote, hard to understand, but once I got used to it, I could follow every word. Oh, yeah, uh, here, just, just here from the uh, Mongoose Investigation Bureau. Uh, just checking out your Mongoose situation. Like, what kind of government representative is this dude? I don't know. He could have been just a, he could have been just a census taker or he's come around to- Look, I'm just gonna. I go, don't know. Go for oh, it. so he's not there specifically for the mongoose. Just uh, no, it's just and uh, it doesn't even have a name. It's just an unnamed government official who visited the house. Oh, visited by it. Yeah. So it should just like stop at government official. Like that's really it. That says yeah. it all right there. Yeah, but how much does this legitimize the whole story? I the know. Government's the, involved. That, yeah, that's the point that I was trying to make. Because <laughs> is like you know what kind of what? Why are they trying to pin this to? The government, in a way, he's. I think he's just. He's just one other person who, uh, who went there. He quote. He's I, a government I, official, so he must be trustworthy. Yeah. And uh, then, like the most untrustworthy people <laughs> in the world. W- <laughs> yeah, you heard that. That's right. That's Sorry. Some, that, no, that's some like that's a little knowledge bomb. <laughs> just um, you know, saute on that. Mm. Quote. I would say that the voice is a full octave higher than the human voice, the official told the official told Fodor, who conducted interviews of nearby residents during his stay on the Isle of Man. The official also highlighted Jeff's penchant, 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 penchant for not. That was no, like no, the, that's, the that's most not, accomplished adult in this room, <laughs> struggling with a word that I, we both know. I know. <laughs> It doesn't look like, uh, yeah, okay. Penchant. Penchant. <laughs> penchant. Is, is penchant for not very nice language. Quote, That's brilliant. Quote, put the bloody gramophone on is a, a fair example of his choice bits, the official said. Ooh, he had a 
penchant for choice bits. Yeah, a penchant for very not very nice <laughs> language. I'm sure it's a French word. No. Say Def Leppard. Def Leppard. <laughs> <laughs> you are a French man trapped in an Australian person's body. I did say Def Leppard for a long time because it just it, it's you not did say uh, Steven Seagal once as well. I thought it was Seagal. Did I say Seagal? How do you say Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal. I trained myself out of that one. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Steven Seagal. Enough. <laughs> enough ragging on me. Thanks. Some of Geff's other Geff's. Oh, fucking hell. I've written it as yeah, Geff all the way through, but I, I did think for a long time that he was because I've heard this story before. But that I thought he was called Geff, the talking mongoose. But Jeff actually specified early on in the story that he is. It's spelt with a J. Yeah. Well, okay. But we just, it's still Jeff. Okay. Thank you. Some of Jeff's other choice quotes include, quote, I'll split the atom. I am the fifth dimension. I am the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was surely after he took acid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. I am a golden okay. god. Yeah. I yeah. am the lizard queen. That's, that's gold. That's yeah. gold. Print it. Print it. <laughs> Put it in the Pixar movie. Uh, quote, I am not evil. I could be if I wanted. You don't know what damage or harm I could do if I were roused. I could kill you all, but I won't. Well. This guy's got issues. Charles Manson. Yeah. Uh, quote, if you are kind to me, I will bring you good luck. If you are not kind, I shall kill all your poultry. I can get them wherever you put them. Uh, fucking right. He's just out to kill people's chickens. Yeah, I mean, just, the first thing was so good. fucking mongoose. Yeah, yeah. who uh, happens to know about splitting the atom. Yeah. I like these. Yeah, well, I, could, I could kill you. And in the next one, I could also kill your chickens. Well, mm. Yeah, and splitting hey, the atom might, I think the might first be a one was worse without a lab, you know. Is like just splitting the atom, atom like a thing in 1931? No. I don't think so no i don't know bomb, yeah well it might have been part of research but yeah the atom bomb like wasn't government maybe the unnamed government official <laughs> yes it was actually it like was oppenheimer the, the manhattan guy. project <laughs> yes <laughs> but um like that. how did that slip through to the keeper like all this time we didn't know that jeff was actually the yeah the manhattan project yes i I was going to look at that Wikipedia page once. I denied myself something amazing. I have uh, one more quote for you. Uh, Tell Arthur not to come. He doesn't believe. I won't speak if he does come. I'll blow his brains out with a thruppany cartridge. With a thruppany cartridge? What's that like? What's a thruppence? Three three pennies, wasn't it? Uh, Right. So that's what it'd be like. Like a like a A thruppany. it, yeah, or like a like one of those firecracker things, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know. It, well, it, either way, it's, it's still murderous. Like, it's, yeah. it, it, it definitely hints at the fact that this talking mongoose is potentially somewhat unhinged. Mm. I think that's the real thing to take away from this. Mm. In 1939, the Irvings sold Cashin's Gap. The house was bought by a man named Leslie Graham, who in 1946 claimed to have captured and killed Jeff. The creature Leslie Graham killed was reportedly larger than Jeff and and a different colour, but his report was enough to attract the attention of a newspaper. (laughs) dog. Fucking hell. Yeah, it was such a sad ending to that Disney movie. It's old yellow. Yeah. Oh, 
man. And now the dog gets killed at the end. And the little well, hey, but who's is- not to say that Jeff didn't, you know, over the intervening seven years, didn't grow and change, you know, change color slightly, you know, mm, and maybe a different animal. Maybe is it secretly a dog? Oh um, fuck. Graham described Jeff as, quote, a large black and white weasel-like animal that had, been, that had been disturbing his chickens. Oh, it's a badger, isn't it? One October, he yeah. set some snares and sure enough caught the animal, which he then clubbed to death. Oh, fuck. Oh. That is, I, that's brutal. There is nothing- I'm all for a bit of a laugh and stuff, but, you know, just- <laughs> It was with up. it. He's this, this up, Doc. Totally up there till you clubbed an animal to death. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Everyone's got their line. I've just found where yours yeah, is. Thank okay. you. Uh, Brutal animal death. Mm. Mine, that should be your line too. Yeah, that's everybody's line. Really, you ass. <laughs> I would. I was just about to say. I was just about to go say, and club yeah, some yeah. seals. Yeah. Uh, but okay, he's, no, he's, he's slowly club some putting a club back from out of my field of view. <laughs> I was just about to say, there's nothing to verify what this animal was, if it yeah, even yeah. did exist. Uh, there's, you know, you think if this was a, a well-covered story, and you killed this talking mongoose. Yeah, yeah. Photos? No, no, nah. no photos. Yeah. Yep. No. Um, Vori claimed that this was not true and that Jeff was still alive, although she never saw Jeff after 1939. In 1970, journalist Walter McGrath of Fate magazine tracked, uh, tracked Vori down. Initially reluctant to talk about Jeff, she eventually agreed, painting a picture of a family haunted by this peculiar creature. So, the 70s is when all this stuff came back, like, mm. and it became in vogue again to talk about all these crazy, yeah. weird- So, Vori's in her 50s now, I think. Yeah, roughly. 40. Is Vori a yeah. girl? I yes. thought it was a dude. Yeah. So, the, Vori's the daughter? The 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. Who was 13 at the time that, 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 uh, that Jeff first appeared, yes. Yeah. Jim right. was the father. So, she had the opportunity to spill the beans, and she went- well, she has. Mongoose. Well, she has spoken. <laughs> she has spoken to the press in the past, but it's always you know. But then, after it all sort of died down, no one had found her to talk to her until this interview in 1970. And in this interview, she said, "I was shy. I still am. Jeff made me meet people I didn't want to meet. Jeff was very detrimental to my life. We were snubbed. The other children used to call me the Spook. I had to leave the Isle of Man, and I hope that no one." where I work now ever knows the story. Jeff has even kept me from getting married. How could I ever tell a man's family about what happened? Just don't. <laughs> okay, so okay, uh, as, as as Good point well made. As ridiculous and crazy as this story is, how tragic would it be if some poor family and this girl in particular was suffering from some kind of Mental illness? Mental illness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like something. Uh, who knows what it is, but it could be, you know, uh, many, any number of things. The fact that, like, nobody said to them or, like, taught them, you know, hey, like, it's it's okay. You know, you can- This this isn't, like, a, a real thing. You can get past this. There's places you can go to. I, I just- I find it, like, terrifying that nobody- like, no friends or no family pulled up the family or anywhere along the line and said, hey, like, you guys need help or you need to talk to someone or- mm. It's probably like pewing up, pulling up like a QAnon person and going, hey, guess- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And they go, yeah. no, I yeah. fully believe in this thing. It's, yeah. 
I mean, but if you think about if it's if this is true, the impact that it's had on this woman is really detrimental in ways you don't kind of think about. You just go, oh yeah, talking mongoose. Well, yeah, she couldn't but get a like, husband because she- I had to leave this island where I lived yeah. because people were like treating me like a freak. She fully believes this and it's ruined her life. Yeah. Uh, there's been a couple of instances, and I believe this is like in the Amityville one that, that we did mm. where later on they, re- they interviewed the kids and, you know, they kind and of alluded to the fact that- th- There's damage there. Like Yeah, like they couldn't separate fact from fantasy- because they're learning it um, at an age where you're forming that ability to be able to tell the difference between the two things. So, like, they're very clouded and, and they still seem confused by it. Mm. And I think that's probably a similar thing as what happened. Could be. I mean, we all grew up for, what, like the first eight, nine years of our lives believing that a fat dude is going to bring us presents all because, like, we were coaxed by our parents. That's, like, the thing. Sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. December twenty fifth is just another day for <laughs> Doc. Um, but like, yeah, if I can definitely but, uh, yeah. understand it from in yeah, terms you, you, of like you extrapolate a- that further yeah, and yeah. over a few more years and isolation, maybe and a bit more intense, low like contact, it's year round. Like it's yeah. not like Jeff just comes in winter. Yeah. Like, all right, everybody, <laughs> gather around. It's time for your nightly story about Jeff, the talking mongoose who lives in our uh, house that you can. Never see. Uh, Vori further said, quote, It was not a hoax, and I wish it had never happened. If my mother and I had our way, we never would have told anybody about it. But father was sort of wrapped up in it. It was such a wonderful phenomenon that he just had to tell people about it. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> it is now. It yeah. is kind of sad now. Oh, the Disney movie's got a sad ending. Well, but it, the Disney movie has a sad start, and then it gets really happy at the end. Mm. But it could be this, like, there's, you know, some of the Pixar movies have sad endings. You know, Which one? Cool. Well, I just saw Onward. Have you seen Onward? No. Yeah. It's got to, like, you cry at the end of that. Oh, it's, yeah. It's so That's good. good they, yeah. yeah, okay. Let's talk anyway. about Pixar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, modern believers think that Jeff was connected to a secret Indo-Asian cult called the Green Men Society, which believed in re- reincarnation and body soul exchanges. This, okay, just hold well, up a bit. Like what I was talking oh, I'm sorry, about before. did they turn on a weird direction? Yeah, like, yeah. And like, I don't even, your explanation like, gets crazier and crazier and crazier as people ask more questions. This was like a, I mean, a pretty fucked up, but a gentle river ride, and then all of a sudden there's just been fucking waterfalls thrown in. The green <laughs> Men, I mean, yeah, okay. Oh, yes, the, uh, the Green Men Society. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yes. I think this is one of those things where- uh, Hang on, I'll read the rest of that. The, Do we talk so, about this every episode where eventually it's going to come back around to aliens? It's, it's, uh, it's somehow. I think so. It's, all, it's always aliens, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where that m- meme guy from the historical- from the History Channel. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll back this up a little bit. Okay, sorry. So, it, so, the Green Men Society- which believed in reincarnation and body-soul exchanges and that Jeff was either a failed experiment or a man who had been punished by the society who placed his soul into the body of a mongoose. <laughs> this, is, this is that thing, and it's, it's, we've had this in a couple of episodes, the Mary Celeste one, I know we did it, where people sort of go back and they look at these things again and then they t- 
tack on their modern paranormal beliefs yeah, onto yeah. this thing that happened mm. ages ago. Yeah. yeah. So. It was yeah. the Democrats. Yeah. Body soul. <laughs> what do you want to say? Body soul exchanges. Like just yeah. dropping that in a sentence as if it's just like, oh yeah, body body soul exchanges. Does, oh, you haven't heard. Oh, you guys don't like doing body body soul exchanges? <laughs> Fuck you. I did try to dig Bigots. deeper into this into this secret Indo-Asian cult, the Green Men Society, and I just I couldn't find much much of anything about it. It's a secret cult. Well, I guess that is really a secret. The, f- yeah. the first rule of the Green Men's Society is- Yeah. Yeah. It's just some it's like fat dude named Gary. It's Area 51. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vori Irving died in 2005. Reports of mongoose sightings are still made occasionally on the Isle of Man with sightings in 2002 and 2007. I mean, I don't dispute that there would probably be like a mongoose. If, if that was true that a farmer brought them in to protect his chickens or kill foxes yeah. or whatever, then yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway- can you believe it? <laughs> well, okay, Brady, <clears throat> break it down for us first. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> why? But why fuck no? Because, I mean, of all the- Like, from the start, it's just been bullshit. To the point that I'm, like, angry about it. Yeah, I can see that you're actually a little bit angry. It's just annoying that, like, this is, this is a thing. That we're talking about. We're wasting. I'm sorry, I brought this to you. We're wasting an hour of our life and an hour of anyone who's actually listening to this. We could technically be held guilty for like a really incremental murder. (laughs) You now know how the colonel felt during the Amateurville one. Because I think that was (laughs) the same thing. No, I liked that one. I did too. I did a good sound effect and it kind of- I listened to it. (laughs) What fucking- what a fucking loser I am listening to my own podcast. But I listened to it and I was driving and that- (laughs) (laughs) There was a bit where we all got the chills in that episode, which was was good. Yeah. Yeah. And and listening to it because I have to edit- that was worth it alone. That yeah. was a good hour. Yep, just for that one this chill. This is a bad hour. This yeah. is- <laughs> Look, I guess, like- it, Welcome as, to season as, three. As, as I can you believe it, um, it's more of a uh, illustration of what happens when media are ir- irresponsible with people like- uneducated and potentially with mental illnesses. All right. So let's, let's run through a couple of things here. Okay. So there are people who have claimed to have heard it who aren't just the family. There are photos of it. uh, And there are people who, um, there there are photos of a mongoose. So we know that mongooses exist, uh, exist (laughs) because of science. Slow down. Slow down with this scientific theory. You're busting out. What's mongooses mongoose? exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, okay. So, mo- like, uh, Gef, the talking mongoose, is yeah. based on actual real-life mongooses who don't talk. Oh. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, well, I'm not- see, I mean, I thought this was just <laughs> I'm fantastic. just breaking it down for, like, the lowest common denominator. Animals don't normally talk. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to try and convince any further with the uh, can you believe it bit of it. I'm just going to read you the, the last yeah, bit okay. of the story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, there is a real sense of the story evolving as you go through it. Early on, the Irvings named the mongoose Jack. 
in fact, and mm. seemed to heavily imply that it was a stoat or a weasel. It was only later on they called it Jeff and decided it was a mongoose. That was my first impression. Just uh, stoats. Yeah, it looks more like a the area. stoat. It's got, way more got, stoat-like. Got a uh, yeah. coloration of a stoat more than a mongoose. Uh, they, uh, they are little weapon stoats. Uh, they're like planet Earth. Whoa. Crazy <laughs> shit. But even more. Uh, but even very early in the piece, astute observers picked up. Now, hang on a sec. I'm just going to stop. Where were these? So, okay, the, we, we all assume that this is not real, right? So, uh, who's doing it? What is it? How's it happening? It's the dad. Okay, so, yeah, it's it's the dad. He has a mental illness and sees, uh, sorry, not that does see, hears voices in his head. And <clears throat> he's also occasionally seeing uh, one of these mongoose that are living on the island. And he's also occasionally seeing his dog and thinking that that's a mongoose or but something. Yeah, like if, so, if he's having just uh, audiovisual hallucinations, how are I don't his think wife- hallucinations. Well, how, how are his wife and his daughter also going along with it? Like, Be- they, they see it and hear it as well. Because they're an isolated family living uh, without uh, power, television, radio, whatever. And they're creating their own fantasy- in amongst themselves. It's, it's, so, it's like a mass hysteria thing. But it's like a localised yeah. hysteria. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. No TV, they might as well be dead. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to blow your tiny little I minds now. TV. Oh, God. All right. Even very early in the piece, astute observers picked up that Vori was behind the charade. Fuck. Using ventriloquism. Jay Radcliffe, a reporter with the Isle of Man Examiner, visited Cashin's Gap with a group of friends. They heard Jeff as they prepared to leave, coming from the corner of the room where Vori was sitting. Jim Irving excitedly pointed to the opposite side of the room, whispering, He's there! Did you hear him? As they were guided off the property by the Irvings, Radcliffe noted Vori hanging back, with Jim helpfully directing their attention to where he claimed the voice of Jeff was coming from. Oh Radcliffe wasn't having a bar of it. Quote, this was really too much, for my hearing is very good and the squeak without doubt was human and came from immediately behind us, Radcliffe noted. We laughed over the whole incident for days because it was so badly done that it was extremely funny. Did they laugh with the family? <laughs> you idiots! I think they went away and laughed. So many people have fallen for that. <laughs> when, when, when I was a kid, right... Um, my, uh, I had like this, uh, like book of like mysteries and stuff that my dad had bought from Time Life. Do you remember Time Life? It was mm. like those, those things that they'd be selling you, uh, like, um, watches. Yeah, watches and like collections of like music from the like 50s and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during like daytime TV. And so yeah. my dad had like got this collection of like mystery books. And one of the mysteries in this book was the talking mongoose, uh, Gef. It was G E F. Yeah. Uh, but it sounded with a J. Yeah. And so, like, to me, it was like this fascinating thing. And straight away, even being like an eight year old kid, I was like, who would believe that there was a mongoose talking? Mm. And I was raised on Disney cartoons. Like, if anyone would believe it, it would be me. But I knew that it was just bupkis. Look, I'm just going to say it. And I know that this is uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically, like, fucking pretty hard, pretty callous, whatever. Mm. But I'm 
quite happy that Vori died alone. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Wow. This has just oh. annoyed me fucking nowhere. It is petulant and child turned up to 11, isn't it? And like then it's... to be like in that interview, like, well, am I going to get yeah. married? <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah, oh, she's I like a Karen. Your, I love your vitriol for this poor girl. Fuck it. Yes, it's like it's, she's um, it's this horrible. is season three. This is the new me. It's like oh, okay, Jeff is right. like her, her no, um, Mr. Nice Guy, yeah. her like in, invented imaginary friend, and but it's all Jeff's fault that her life has turned out terribly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a, isn't that the plot of Drop Dead Fred? <laughs> yes, that is Drop just, Dead Jeff. I keep thinking of that um, Rest that in peace, DJ Khaled thing. Like, congratulations, you played yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this is just gonna. This is the cherry on your uh, vitriol on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> in an interview in 2001 on Manx Radio, one of Vori's childhood friends, Kathleen Green, maintained that Vori was an accomplished ventriloquist. When Vori moved out of the family home in 1938 or 39, somewhere around there, all reports of Jeff stopped. Yeah. Where do you learn a skill like ventriloquism? Like, uh, if it's not from a creepy doll in the corner of your room. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have a doll, you invent a talking mongoose. Yeah, okay. And you know what? Um, upon further reflection, I've just had a couple of minutes to digest, like, my own- because I actually listened to the podcast that we're recording. Now. <laughs> um, and I, How's it going? It's going really badly, isn't it? It was all right. I mean, other than the like constant breaks, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Which have been edited out, yeah, so it yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. Which I've just kind of been sitting here like staring at the wall. No, um, that was probably a little bit harsh by me because this is obviously- a person that existed, mm. but she's dead. The, 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 but you, know, you can't get sued. Fucking hell! Of why the fuck? Like- you, you and Jeff got your revenge on her eventually. You know? We did. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Because yeah. you held her up to held her to account. Yeah. That's I keep Finally. telling you guys. Don't cross me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel weird about staying here now. Yeah. But- just I don't didn't fucking cross me. I okay, so that's that's everything about Jeff the talking mongoose. And the whole thing that it really smacks of is that this bored teenager who is just like probably having a real shit time of it. It sounds like horrible existence yeah. in this house mm. in the middle of fucking nowhere on the side of a mountain on the Isle of Man. Uh, she has just decided to have a bit of a laugh and it's gotten out of hand and her dad has gotten super into it. And then he having- now I feel really bad. He having no- (laughs) Having nothing in his life. He's he's Mm. had nothing in his life. I think um, Nandor Fodor was actually kind of on the money a little bit that- so he didn't in, he didn't invent it, but he's latched onto it because he hasn't had anything. He's got so he's contacting yeah. newspapers and bringing it along, and his daughter, not wanting to disappoint her father, has kind of gone along with it, but keeps getting in the situations where she can't doesn't want to get caught out, so she plays it safe. Oh, he's on holidays. Oh, it's the hair of a dog. You know, it's your classic mongoose tragedy. It is really. <laughs> I feel horrible. So I, I think (laughs) this is now that I think about everything. Like this is just me making you feel bad, but I think this is actually a tragedy, a sad story of this whole time. Like we've been talking about, like oh, what if it was a Disney movie? What would the message be? The message is: don't hate people. 
the end. <laughs> the message. I want you to cut. No, like cut it down. Oh, there, okay, right. No. <laughs> I do want to say that, like, I was on my fucking high horse. I was like, why? Like, you, she has wasted an hour of my life with a thing, but really it was her dad. So, so she, fuck him. No, you see, the theme is that she's trying to connect with her father. Yeah. And he, and she's, he's, you know, and, and he, but he's, he's so like, bored of living on his turnip farm in the middle of nowhere. And, I, and he just wants yeah. something. Ironically, the thing that becomes the most important thing in his life is a thing his daughter has created and he doesn't even realize it. All That's right, the guys, true tragedy. Like, we need to pitch this to like a studio. Pixar, like, call us. Well, now, we that ready. Think, <laughs> now that I think about it, I think we've all seen The Empire Strikes Back before. Yeah. So we can just probably. You can end on a bummer. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, all the sources for this will be posted. I'm going to uh, cut someone's hand off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, get you with chains <laughs> and make weird noises. There are, uh, I, I don't know where our, none of us are on Facebook. Are you still on Facebook? I'm no. Not. No. You're off. I'm off. No. All right, so <laughs> We're all Brady, you're None of us are on Facebook. <laughs> you're in wow. charge of uh, putting this stuff on. The sources will be up in places. They're on the Spotify account. Um, Just give us a call. I think yeah. we can have to start give like a, a, call, like a YouTube and, and, put, and put it on, on the YouTube. That's your job. That was yeah. your job. Yeah, but I, I got disinterested <laughs> with it. <laughs> Just give the colonel anyway. a call at 042. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, log on to our Patreon and give us cash. Yeah. <laughs> we don't actually. Uh, no. no, I don't think we do. <laughs> we need no. a Patreon. Yeah, we don't no, we, Well, that. we have sponsors, so we have computer coin. Oh, uh, yeah. So. All right. Well, we're going to go off now and spend I our computer well. coin. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Good night. Night.